And welcome on in to a very special edition of Going Over. It's well, John, it's not the Going Overtime podcast. It's the SummerSlam preview show. And uh, we are bringing it to you right here on 590 The Fan and InsideSTL.com. Good morning to all of those out there listening. And John, uh, well, thank you for uh, jumping on and joining me. No problem. It's the post NXT pre SummerSlam. Summer, and as we were we're uh, doing this here, SummerSlam has already started, right? I, I think that yes, they're they're having some matches right now, and they are uh, they're just slowly building up to the pre show, uh, the pre pre show, and then yeah, so they're uh, just all. <laughs> I, but you know what though? So we we have Conrad Thompson coming up in the second hour. Of the show, we'll we'll have him on at eleven o'clock, and then we'll give our predictions at the very end of the program. That's uh, that's your lineup. That's how things are going to go for this uh, for this show. But we will kind of get you to the uh, we'll get you to the place, uh, get you to the pay per view here on in this first hour of the program. <clears throat> but we had Conrad Thompson on. Uh, um, we talked to him earlier this week. It's been up on on the website all week as well. And John, it had me looking at watching the Hog Wild pay per view from 1996 because that's the podcast that's up. That's what I'm listening to of theirs. They had like eight matches on the pre card for that show in Sturgis. Yes, they did. <laughs> How stupid is that? Yeah. Eight matches. And we're complaining about a six hour pay per view. Yeah. Well, it's a, if, just because W. CW did it doesn't mean that it's okay for the WWE to do it. Now, the WWE has an extremely larger talent pool than what they were working with for that hog wild pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Um, but just because you have a lot of people doesn't mean that you just go, okay, we have to find a way to get all of them on, even if it doesn't make sense. Right. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And, uh, that was, uh, that was something we talk about with Conrad coming up. But first, before we go any further, John, I just want to, you know, because we talked about it all day on Saturday on the show, I feel like I need to, uh, I need to give an update on what, uh, what my Saturday afternoon was like out at, the, uh, at Car Shield Field, the home of the River City Rascals. It was the STL Legends 2017 game. Unfortunately, you weren't able to uh, to come out there in attendance. Andy was out there. Andy ended up getting to do a lot of a uh, lot of work in the uh, in the press box. I, I think he was playing the music out there as well, while Randy Molman was out running around doing his uh, PA announcing stuff or his whatever in-game hosting stuff. So it was a lot of fun. And then Grove was out there as well. Uh, but, but uh, John, I'm just going to say it started off, for some reason, I was batting second between Skip Schumacher and Fernando Tatis. Not sure why. Yeah, damage in the tool. That's what TLR always wanted. I mean, that's right. why you were there. Right. And uh, uh, Skip started the game with a, uh, with a double. I drove him in with a, uh, with a vintage Joe Roderick uh, inside-out swing, hit the ball right over Cam Jansen at third and drove Skip Schumacher in just uh, two or three pitches into the game. We were already up one nothing. But And who was pitching? Hashtag Radio Wars, Brad Thompson was pitching. So take that, fast lane. So Brad Thompson, who at least at one point, I don't know if he still does, held the um, minor league or at least the Texas league record for the most consecutive scoreless sittings. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. less than two batters, and you did damage on him. Yes. Okay. One of the one of the great records in minor league baseball that got him on the map, and he couldn't even get through a fun little charity game. Couldn't nope. even get through two hitters. I mean, that's. Nope. I love Brad, but that's extremely disappointing. Yeah, uh, it didn't help. My did you take the ball out of play? Oh, God, I should have done that. I was too busy. I was. You should have called for the ball. God, I should have. Oh, you should have got on the bag and called time and said, ball. Ball. It's got to go on the mantle. Edmonds was playing first base, so I was sitting there. Because he didn't want to run out to center, right? I think that he was so shocked at the fact that I got a hit because I don't think Jim really thought much of my athletic ability. Because on top of that, I mean, when I did the show with Edmonds, I was super fat. So I think that he kind of, I don't know if he, you know, thought I had, I, 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 could, I could swing a baseball bat or whatever. So that I think I was talking with Edmonds so much when I got to first that I, uh, yeah, I just, I never even thought of that. So, but yeah, no, two, uh, two batters in. And then what I think hurt me in the second at bat was uh, second time through the order, John. Skip Schumacher hit a, uh, hit a home run. Nice. And I think that pissed Brad Thompson off. Still, he gets pissed off about that. But nothing changes. Yeah. So I think with the fact that I got a hit off of him my first at-bat, and he, uh, he just gave up a home run to skip, I got three fastballs on the outside corner that I just could not I, – I just wasn't ready for. Went down swinging. Well, they actually paid attention to you this time. Yeah. Which really sucked because... So there's a combination I can't of tell you, you, I you mean, got a hit off of him yeah. and what happened before. I never, I, I never struck out to a fastball. And that just, that pissed me off. Yes, I get that I hadn't picked up, a, I hadn't swung it live pitching in over 10 years. But I was still so mad about that. I was really yeah angry going up about against that. the former major leaguer. Yes, I was angry about that. I felt like he shouldn't have been able to do that, and he did. Uh, so you didn't get the ball. What happened to the lineup card after the game? Oh, you know what? You get Nobody, that. I I don't know what happened to the lineup card either. I I know they were having a lot of stuff being autographed and taken out. And you know what, John? I feel comfortable enough saying this here on this show. But we, so we had to use wood bats in the, uh, in the game. And they had the wood bats. All of them were personalized saying, uh, with the date of the game, saying the STL Legends game. And there were so many of the bats. And they were having the actual STL Legends sign a lot of these bats. I, uh, you know what? An unsigned bat is now in my home. Oh, nice. Yep. How, how many players brought their own bats? I saw one bat in the, uh, in the cage or in the, in the bat bin that was not like all the bats that we were using, but I did not know who had brought their own bat. I would have been that guy. I didn't know we were using wood bats. I didn't know how hard the guys were going to be throwing. Like, there were so many unknowns going into this game. Well, Izzy was there, so I know Izzy was going to throw as hard as he could. Izzy was upset that, I, that we were on the same team. 
he told me when he saw that we were wearing the same jersey color that he had full intention of drilling me in the back. <laughs> that is the most believable thing about the game you could tell me. Yeah. Because when the lineup cards first came out, when the rosters first came out, I was originally on the home team, on the white team, and then I get to my jersey and I see that it's red, and I put it on, and I'm walking around, Izzy finishes up with the, uh, with the autograph signing, and he looks at me, and in, I mean, you, you know Izzy's voice, anybody that's heard Izzy do an interview knows Izzy's voice, I don't need to try to do an impression of him, he looks at me, he goes, you're on the same team, huh? He goes, I really was going to throw right at your back. <laughs> oh, he's fantastic. Thanks, Jason. Well, that's cool. So it was a lot of fun. They raised a lot of money. There were a lot of people. Yeah, there were, there were so, many, uh, so many people there. It was, uh, it was really, really cool. And then the, uh, one of the coolest things afterwards is I had, uh, I had Hudson come with me to the uh, to the locker room to the clubhouse area where uh, I got him I got his picture with Izzy and Keel and Edmonds and then I got all three of them well I thought I had all three of them sign his hat for one reason or another I have no clue why because I really thought I handed Edmonds a pen and his hat but I guess I didn't Edmonds didn't sign his hat but John Tudor also signed uh, Hudson's cardinal hat so Hudson has a uh, a cardinal hat now that is autographed by John Tudor, Ricky and Keel, and Jason Edringhausen. That's awesome. And in a couple of years, he'll really appreciate it when he knows who all those people are. Right. Yeah. The fact that you know he got a picture with all of them, and he could look back on it one day when you know, I mean, when people are talking about how great of a closer Izzy was, or how great of a you know all-around player Edmonds was, or the the story of Rick Ankeel, you know, just showing him that and being like, hey, look, you actually met that guy. Yeah, so, here's a book. Read his book. Yeah. So It'll work. You can get him to read, and he's got an autograph. It'll be great. That's true. That's true. And I made him go up and ask for all the autographs to get him ready for Disney as well. <laughs> now here, go see Mr. Edmonds, just like seeing Mickey. Yeah. It was, he tried, he got Ankiel signed the hat and then gave him the hat and the marker back and he kept trying to give the marker back to Ankiel. And I was like, no, no Hudson. I was like, you keep that. You get to have the marker. That wasn't a gift. Yeah, no, that's, that's all yours. But I'm trying to think whether uh, some of the other stories from today, it was, yeah, it was just so cool. It really, it really was a uh, cool event and... The Rascals did one hell of a job putting it on. They, uh, they, they, you know, whoever came up with the idea and the execution of getting the uh, getting the eight people they uh, they got out there, the eight former Cardinals they got out there was was really really awesome. So, yeah, and uh, for as far as I know, nobody got hurt except uh, well, I popped my calf again. So, you're a disaster. The calf is just keeps killing me. I think I'm gonna go see. Start. You're as bad as I am. Well, you could work out and be okay, and then the second you go and try to do an athletic event, you're just you're back to zero. Yeah, it's just I. I well, no, I heard it last week. I heard it because I was trying to run seven minute miles on the treadmill. 
Why? Because I want to run seven-minute miles. I want to run a, you know, I want to run as fast as I possibly can. Okay. Well, it's good to have goals, but it's also good to have a calf. Yeah. Regardless. It's okay. Well, you had a good day. That's yeah, awesome. I did. I did. I'm very so, jealous. So we just uh, we just pat, or we just wrapped up NXT. We we were recording this Saturday night. We have uh, just wrapped up NXT Brooklyn. NXT Takeover Three in Brooklyn. It was the Homecoming Edition, which I'll get into in a bit. But John, you watched it from start to finish. Give me your assessment of what happened on NXT and your thoughts of it. Uh, well, it was like every other NXT. Take it was better than what you're going to see tomorrow, and that's just the trend. This they do a phenomenal job every time they put one of these shows on, uh, doing setting the bar to a place where it's almost impossible for the main roster show to touch it, and especially with these Brooklyn Brooklyn shows, which they seem to treat like they're WrestleMania because this was the genesis of arena shows. When they did this the first time three years ago, they were terrified to do it but the popularity was growing and they figured what the hell if we're gonna do it new york's big enough we could do it and they started it if i, I think correct if i'm wrong did they start it thinking that like setting it up for like six thousand, and then that sold out in like 45 minutes and then they just kept gradually adding and adding and within a couple of days they sold the whole arena out that wasn't do you remember? Was it the intention the first time to do the whole arena? They had no. They they didn't know what to expect out of this. I, they I don't think anybody realized how big of a deal this was going to be. And they you know it, the Triple H's baby just evolved to just evolved to just this massive you know this massive pay per view. Yeah, developmental went from a little show that was done in Florida gyms in front of 50 to 100 people to expected to sell out hockey basketball arenas four times a year before the Royal Rumble, the Survivor Series now is on the rotation as of this year. Survivor Series, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, and Royal Rumble weekends. And they usually throw another one in there at least for the full sale people uh, during the year. And they don't, they, they just, they never disappoint. And it's just, the, the show is so much different. It's shot different. They're, the quality of the match and what they do in the match and the story they're able to tell is different. The broadcast, not promoting crap for three hours is different. They only have a two and a half hour show. Like this show had five matches. Everybody could take their time. They, everything was paced. Nothing felt rushed and nothing felt too long. Just they're, they're, they have so many advantages that SummerSlam doesn't. Like by the time that fatal four-way hits tomorrow on Sunday night, people will have been sitting in their seats at the arena for six plus hours by the time that starts. Starts, and some of them were there the night before for NXT. It's impossible for your enthusiasm to be at the level that it is for this two and a half hour show, which is was ridiculous. I mean, I sent you a note and I put it on Twitter. Like The guys in the main roster must watch this in the opening match, which you saw, and think, Jesus, this is like a main event hot crowd. They're not getting, they're not sitting. They're into everything. 
They're 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 just loud, and there was no belt on the line, nothing except it was a just a match to blow off a feud that had been going on for weeks, for many weeks. But it was the the atmosphere is just incredible, and I don't know. Is there any way that the main roster, Joe, could could bottle this up, find a way to move it to their show? It they could, but it, there are there are matches that just don't belong on this. I mean, like you said, with five matches on the NXT card, they're able to give you five quality matches, and really, I think with NXT to get a match on the card, it's something that you have to earn. And I'm not saying that, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not taking anything away from Big Cass here, but he hasn't earned a spot on the SummerSlam card. He's getting a spot on the SummerSlam card because they're trying to push him and make him this monster. Can you say that about anything on the NXT card? Everybody on the NXT card earned their spot there. Yeah. No, and that's how all pay-per-views used to be that way because they also depended on the buys. So they had to put the money stuff on there. Now it's gotten to a point where they just, okay, if you're employed and you're a name, we'll find a way to get you on the show. And that's why the Bray and Finn thing that just kind of makes no sense is there. Rusev and Randy Orton was thrown together. Uh, which just, you know, like a, we have a three-week build to a SummerSlam match. That's not the way that it used to be done. And I'm not saying that you need six weeks, but it was like, okay, we just we got to find a place for you on the card. That's where we've gotten. How are they going to get so-and-so on the card? Not, I can't wait. That Not, you know, so-and-so doesn't need to be on the card. Because they don't. Like, Miz yeah. doesn't have a match, right? He still doesn't have a match. No. It's no okay. No, 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 actually, right? he the, does. He does. He, he, uh, the show's going to be on okay. the pre-show now. Uh, the, it's a six-man tag, the Miz oh. Taraj against the Hardys and Jason Jordan. So we're at 14 now. Um, I have 13. Oh, we're at 13. Yeah. Okay, so, all right. So we're at 12 now, we're at 13. All right, fine. 12, 13, 14 at this point, it doesn't matter. But no, it's, yeah, it's let's give people six hours and we're just going to throw a whole bunch of stuff at them instead of two and a half hours of quality it was two and a half hours and it's like oh that's it and that and instead you know what it's going to be on sunday night holy crap it's only nine (laughs) that's what it's going to be because that's what it's been for what every all the big four for the last two years it's been that way it's just it it's too long nobody wants six hours you want two and a half good hours yeah and i think we'd all be happy and everybody complains about the three hour raw right okay what makes you think we want a six hour SummerSlam? Uh, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a. Um, you don't. But uh, it is, you know, it is supposed to so, be that um, once a year, you know, that it, it is supposed supposed to be, you know, that second WrestleMania. It's supposed to be that big payoff from everything that we've been building up for since WrestleMania. But like I said, I mean, there's just so much on the card that just isn't really necessary. So yep. it sucks. It's a quantity versus quality pay-per-view. Yeah. And that's, and that's, but again, all right, you're not trying to get people to spend 50 bucks on it. You're getting them to spend $9.99. So it's almost like they're only paying $9.99. We don't have to give them a huge show. Sadly, that's, that's stuff that pops in my head. 
that okay, wait, well, this one's just not going to be what what uh, what what we what we have done in the past, and that's okay. And I know that's not their philosophy, and that's not what they're trying to do. But it, it's it's you can't help but feel that way when you see that there's just not there's not a lot. It's not like you could look at that card and go, "There's six matches that I can't wait to see. I have to see these six. That doesn't exist. Yeah, I'm just, I, I continue to look at this card. I mean, you have guys that like the New Day and the Miz who have been doing great work that are on the pre-show. I just, I don't get that. Your most entertaining guys are on the pre-show and then there's just a lot, then there's no substance. Quality guys, but there's like no substance to it. They're on the main show. I know. Uh, the the, uh, the NXT stuff, you saw the uh, opening match of uh, Almas and Gargano, which I don't know that anything on Sunday night is going to touch this, and I'm going to say that a couple of times here in the uh, as we go over this. Uh, it was spectacular. They had everybody on the edge of their seat. The finish was, was great. The intensity at the end. And the, I mean, it's and this is with and I can say this with every match. I don't even know that we have to go through all of them because the crowd was lit for all five from beginning to end, from entrance to the finish. The finishes, with the exception of I know people are going to be upset about the Oscar Ember Moon finish, and probably taken slightly aback by the finish of actually the last two matches, that one and the Bobby Roode Drew McIntyre. Uh, but uh, the matches themselves all the way across the board were tremendous. Hideo Itami and Aleister Black, I wasn't all that excited about it. They were phenomenal. Aleister Black about kicked Hideo Itami's head off of him. They Did were you see the end of that one? With a lot of vicious kicks. It was, yeah, it was, it was, it was awful. <laughs> Those guys just beat the living hell out of each other. Yeah. Uh, the, the authors of Pain and Sanity beat the bejesus out of each other. The authors of pain gear coming out was just spectacular. They didn't even have to wrestle. They just walked out, and I was good. Well, that's, and that's another thing NXT does well, and you and I were texting about it at the time, are, is the attention to detail they, play, they pay to the entrances. And that has a lot to do with Triple H. It had a lot to do with Dusty Rhodes back in the day when he was there helping out with the, uh, with the product. And just... Sanity's entrance for four people to come down and be that in sync and look that good coming down into the ring. It, I mean, it's, you know, it's a completely black arena with some spotlights and they make it look so good and so in tune with their characters. It really is a, it really is a, just so well done. It is. And it's triple, triple H has, the biggest influence on that number one. I mean, with everything that goes on down there, I mean, just, I remember with Finn Balor's thing when he was, uh, they did one of the behind the scenes deals. I forget which of those things it was, those NXT special, uh, network special type things. And they showed him and Finn Balor going through his entrance down to knowing where camera is going to be here. When you're in the corner, you need to turn face here, do the here with the kick, how to work the cameras and where it's, Positions to be in through his entrance. It was, it was fascinating to watch the attention to detail. Those are things that you just, as viewers, you take for granted. 
that they go through step by step where they're going to be and where the camera is going to be when they are in that specific spot. And that's why it works. And that attention to detail is it's it's crazy. And there's is their entrance is awesome. Authors of pain with Paul Paul Ellering and coming out in that gear is and it just it sets a tone. Both of them did. They both set a tone when they came out, which is it's to it. Yeah, they uh, end of that match, um, the between Sanity and the Authors of Pain actually saw the uh, the belts come off the uh, the Authors of Pain. Belts come off the Authors of Pain, uh, and then we also have a well, not a debut because both Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, who is from, lives in St. Louis. Uh, those guys had debuted as singles on NXT TV already. Ready, but they are former tag team partners in Ring of Honor, and they appear to be joined forces at that point in the night. Uh, as they, and this is something that NXT does a very, very good job of, and they they have the ability to do this without killing the show that the main roster doesn't. This, if this stuff happens at the end of major pay per views on the main roster, it it doesn't fit. But when you've got guys who might be going to the main roster, you have to have a way to kind of bridge to the next group, especially when new people are coming in. And this is when you're going to have the most eyeballs. So they take advantage of that. And so putting that together gives you a reason to watch their next, uh, their, their next show. Um, the Oscar Ember moon match. Oscar was that to me, this was the end and this was her final showing before heading up to the main roster. And that's not what happened. Ember moon, uh, hit her finish, the eclipse and, I know that the the in thing to do is kick out of finishers, but when she hit that, that, that place blew up. Is the thinking that's it? it? It's over finally. Passing of the torch, and Oscar kicks out, and eventually gets Ember Moon to tap, and that place was stunned. That was the most surprising thing that did and could have happened on the show. That Oscar leaves as the NXT Women's Champion and Ember Moon is left in the ring by herself. Asuka leaves and she walks out to a standing ovation which of course what these shows is, was that the last time we see Ember Moon? And is she going up and not Asuka? Which is an odd way that this thing ended. Not exactly what anyone would have thought. At least I didn't. Is is it possible that Asuka goes up there with the title? They've done it once. Drops it? But I mean, they, they also took it off Kevin Owens. Can they take it no. off Asuka and just say, you know what? Hey, I've, I've done everything I can there. 504 days, I've held this belt. You know what? Hey, I'm going yeah, up course. and facing well, them. I'm, I'm going to drop it, and that way you could get a lot of different women in NXT involved by having a tournament. Yeah, no, you could. Uh, Paige did it. Paige is the first one to do it. When she debuted the day after WrestleMania and beat AJ Lee, she was the women's champion. Uh, so it has happened, and actually she carried both belts for at least a week before Stephen Regal uh, stripped it off of her, William Regal. Uh, the NXT belt. And that's when they had the uh, tournament. William, William and Regal. And then that's when – or William Regal. Sorry. I get – sorry. That's that's old me coming out. <laughs> William Regal. <sighs> the man's man. He came out. The uh, – yeah, and then they had the tournament that resulted in Charlotte and Natty being in the finals. That match that really put women's wrestling in NXT and Charlotte on the map. That huge classic with Brett and her corner, or Natty's corner, and then Rick was in Charlotte's corner. 
Right. That's the 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 match everybody points to with the change in philosophy and and the way that women's wrestling was viewed. So yeah, no, it could be done, and they got a lot of women down there, and it'd be a good way to showcase it because there's there isn't you know there's Ember Moon and there's Asuka, and there isn't that next star necessarily. They've got the two uh, gals from Australia, Peyton Royce and Billy Kay, who are extremely entertaining. And I thought it was interesting that they had a spot on the show with Daniel Bryan uh, in the luxury suite. But the um, but there isn't that it star, I don't think, right now. But I can see. The uh, the main event of this came when Drew McIntyre defeated Bobby Roode. Uh, that happened after Drew McIntyre kicked out of a few glorious uh, glorious DDTs from Bobby Roode, and then Drew McIntyre hits his finisher once and gets Bobby Roode the uh, the one two three. So that's where that's where that finish comes. And then you can see in the crowd uh, something's happening, something's coming out of the crowd, and they even put the uh, the copyright logo in the bottom corner like they did for the last tech takeover when Gargano turned on uh, is it Champino is that or Champa 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 when he turned on him. So uh, they go back and you see once again, Bobby Fish and um, uh, Bobby Fish along with Kyle O'Reilly, Kyle O'Reilly. are in the, uh, in the corner. And then uh, Adam Cole comes and attacks, uh, attacks Drew McIntyre. The three of them all team, team up. By the way, the, uh, the tag team of Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly are, or in Ring of Honor at least, were known as Red Dragon. Yes. Yeah. And then one of them, I think, is O'Reilly and Cole were tag team partners as well at one point in Ring of Honor. So they have like this Ring of Honor stable That's, that they have I had, started. I had Did seen you? that that was rumored to have happened. Who else from Ring of Honor could they put in this uh, stable? I have no idea. No, absolutely no idea. I mean, the only one that I knew, I knew the, I only knew about O'Reilly because I saw him on regular. I, I saw him on a on a show, and then I the Cole stuff has been going on for weeks. The rumors and possibility of him showing up. Did you notice when they shot that? As that crowd, the, the, the camera was facing towards that end where he was, I guess, coming. It looked like he was coming from. And then all of a sudden, as that place starts erupting, I mean, that place was loud as he was coming down from wherever it was he was coming. And it looked like they, because that was going on, they just moved the camera completely to the other side. Yeah. As it started exploding. And, and it's, it, it's too bad it happened the way that it did because you've got, what, 14, 15, 18,000, however many people are there looking one direction. And there's one guy not paying attention in the whole building, and that's Drew McIntyre. He's stuck in the ring like Christ. Everybody else is paying attention to this, and I have to pretend that there's nothing going on. Yeah, It stunk. I, f- I felt for him. It must have felt like 10 years he was waiting for Adam Cole to pop out. It's uh, you meant you know that that the jumping of him was pretty cool. You know maybe that's something. Maybe they put Mike Bennett or Mike Kanellis down with them. Maybe they they figure out a way to put him back with those guys and maybe repackage. Well, now him. that would make sense. No, that would uh, that would be good for uh, Mike Bennett, and they would have a valet. 
And I think that would be great. You, you change it up like that because the Canillus thing is awful. Yeah. Just awful. And it's not going to, they're going to have, it, it'll be, it, it's not like this is an overnight fix either. It's one of those things that either you're going to be all in and hope to God it works or just cut bait now. Yeah, they, uh, they're, they, they, well, it wasn't, they weren't on TV last week. So they, maybe, no, that's right. They weren't. Yeah. Maybe they are, uh, maybe, maybe they're doing something with them. Maybe they're, they're thinking, you know, what's not good. It's not good when you don't, when it does it, it's not obvious that they weren't on TV. You knew that. I didn't even think about it. Never even crossed my mind that I hadn't seen them. I I would remember if they're on because I'd be annoyed. I definitely watched more of SmackDown this week than I did Raw with uh, being out at Green Day on Monday. So I never never really circled back around to uh, catching up on everything that happened on Monday Night Raw this uh, this past week. But that's what happened during the NXT TakeOver. The other thing that was being promoted throughout this pay-per-view and leading up to it was that it was going to be the homecoming of many former NXT stars and... This is the third NXT TakeOver, which means they've only had two before this, John. I think that just feels like it's way too soon to have a homecoming of sorts. I thought about it after you said that, and I thought about it through the whole show, watched the whole show. And I don't know if maybe part of it was to leverage people that are superstars that fans know because they are still in this transition period. So many guys were taken off this roster and women were taken off this roster in the last year. It's a, it, it is so different that um, I thought maybe that that was one of the reasons why I don't know if maybe originally before we got into this weekend, it wasn't set in stone that they were coming back uh, next year. I don't know if maybe that was something that had popped in as a thought. I don't know, but I touting it as a homecoming. And it's, it is, it is an unofficial home for them for this event. I mean, this event is the Pontiac Silverdome to WrestleMania and WrestleMania was on the map when that event happened. I mean, it was a big deal when it happened at the garden, but when they had 93, whatever the actual attendance was that night, that was the it night WWE or WWF at the time was, a huge, huge deal. NXT became a huge deal three years ago because of this event in this building. And they have subsequent events in arenas because of what happened three years ago. It really didn't bother me. Well, I, I just, like I said, I mean, I thought maybe it was just too soon for it. But, I, I you know, I, I saw the, the people they brought back. That was cool. That's, you know, that. It got the crowd to pop. I just, I feel like, you know, doing something to honor Shinsuke Nakamura for coming back to NXT, I mean, he just left. Like, it, it's just been a few months. Like, yeah, he made an event of the also, show last year. It also serves as a way, you know, to remind people that some of these guys haven't been used properly, like showing off Kalisto. Yeah, that's true. Kalisto is a star. Yeah. So no, that's there's there's a lot to that. Um, I don't know if you watched the pre-show, but uh, Adrian Neville 
Uh, he it was like a half shoot interview that he gave, and he talked about how great he was. And this is and it was beautiful because he did it in his angry, pissed off, slow talking in character. And he was, you know, about or Corey Graves is his former tag team champion partner, and asking about all the great things that he did, and if he feels like you know has some ownership and how special that this has become. And he was a huge part of it he said sure and i was nxt champion in this and this and this and then i was promoted to the main roster and i haven't gotten those opportunities and i mean he's, it was basically saying everything that we have said about what happens when nxt stars go up there that they don't know what to do with them and they're misused but he said it in a in a, a more respectful and uh a less less behind the scenes words uh on the pre-show but what he said was it was dead on. He hasn't gotten those opportunities and then they don't know how to use these guys all the time. And Neville and the Ascension and Bo Dallas and Paige are all examples. Then Kalisto is a huge example. Um, and with, it's like with anybody who goes up there, don't you have that fear of like, okay, they're great, but God, I just, I hope they don't screw them up. Who do you think from uh, who do you think's up next? Who gets the call up next to the WWE? Uh, Bobby Roode. I don't think there's any question that that's next, and I think that's why Adam Cole was brought out to finish that show, because now the story is about Adam Cole and Drew McIntyre, and not Bobby Roode. Bobby Roode was long gone when that happened. Bobby Roode appears at some point, whether it's tomorrow. Or whether it's Sunday or Monday or Tuesday, he appears at some point very, very soon on WWE television. Uh, other than that, I don't know. The Ember Moon Oscar thing, uh, Ember Moon kind of getting the send off treatment at the end, that I found very, very interesting. It wouldn't surprise me, but it would surprise me uh, at the same time. Uh, but uh, that, and then the authors of Pain. Anytime a title changes, right? Isn't that our immediate thought? And especially when there's another team involved, because that's O'Reilly and Fish showed up at the end of the Powers of Pain, losing their belts. Yeah, and uh, you know we've talked about it plenty that SmackDown could definitely use a uh, SmackDown could definitely use a, a shot in the arm in the tag team division. I just I struggle to think where Bobby Roode can fit in. Anywhere. Well, that's the other thing too. Yeah, you're right, and that gets back to not knowing what you're doing when you bring them up. Don't bring him up if you don't bring Bobby Roode up if he's not going to the main event. Yeah. And you don't bring the authors of pain up if they're not going to go in there and if they don't have a plan. Because these guys still haven't been wrestling very much. What no. are they, a couple of years out of MMA? And you remember, too, I mean, there, hasn't is, been much. there is also, you know, I guess in SmackDown, I mean, could you, could you immediately put them in with Brizongo? Oh, well, that's the other thing. Whoever they work with, they're going to kill. It's the whole point. That's why I mean, them going up there and just working enhance, going away for a little while, and then working enhancement talents and just beating the bejesus out of people would be better for them than to go up there. It'd be better for everybody than to go up there, squash one of the few you have. They have them, the Ascension, the Usos, and the New Day. Right? Yeah. We got we got four. Okay, so they have four teams. They go up. They have to beat all of them. They don't lose. This they go up. They don't lose. They can't. I mean, look at them. 
this is what they're built for. It was the mistake they made with the Ascension. The Ascension went out, what, was it two weeks, three weeks after they show up and they get their ass kicked by DX for some stupid reason? Or in the end, whatever, was it the NWO segment they had the one time? And they went in there and they got beat up by them? Yeah. And it was like, at that point, it was like, oh, that's the beginning of the end. And it was. They got beat up by a bunch of old guys. So it's just, I, 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 I want to trust that they're going to have plans for these guys. And because these two have a chance to be monsters and they don't have to be great wrestlers. We saw when they won the titles from Gargano and Ciampa, they didn't have a lot of experience. They sure as hell have never been in a ladder match and it wasn't pretty, but they're big and strong enough that they can, they can do just about anything worth with anybody. Cause they don't have to do it on. Yeah. And you know, it also gets, uh, it, you know, it took a long time, but it gets Paul Ellering back on WWE TV too, instead of being down in NXT. And maybe, maybe the WWE yeah. Can they have him debut in Chicago? I don't know when they would be back in Chicago. I don't know when that would. Uh... Aren't they there like every few months? Yeah, I don't know when that would. Uh, when when they're getting back up there next, though, I'm not sure. I haven't looked at the uh, schedule because I have no clue when they're coming to St. Louis next, due to the uh, Scott trade renovations. Yeah, could you uh, when that when Paul Ellering walks into the arena in Chicago, that place, the sound in that place, yeah, will be spectacular when they walk out. That'll be awesome. So there you go. There's NXT. The, uh, oh, I did on yeah. that on that. Hold on, one more thing on that match. And as as we're doing this, I'm watching it, watching it back on the uh, tag match uh, again. And I don't know where she's gonna fit in going forward. Other than with these, this group, and I don't think they should break this group up for anything. This group, Sanity, needs to go up. How great is Nikki Cross? She took quite a, uh, she took quite a bump tonight. And that was she, a, 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 a splash, caught splash, and then speared in a, a sandwich between two 300-pound guys, speared into a table. It was ridiculous. But the reaction she got when she slid into that ring and then looked around, that whole place was on their feet. And she is just fantastic. And we had a chance when she was here just to watch her outside the ring. She gets everybody's attention. You can't not watch her. She's really, really, really talented. That uh, I, I just I, I wonder I've been wondering if they were gonna team Sanity up somehow with the Wyatt family. I just I don't know. I just there there's so many people that seem to be underutilized and that I, I think matches are out there that you could or I guess pairings are out there that you could you could do. Nikki Cross being with the Wyatt family or being with Bray Wyatt seems like an obvious one. That could have been, but not now. These four together, this is, they are four. Don't split them up. Mm-hmm. They work well. I mean, from the time they walk out together, like you said, to the way they work through a match, Eric Young running the show and Nikki Cross being insane and having a huge beast walking around. It's, they're a great group. And it... They're almost equals. It's like they're they're Eric Young's a leader, but they all 
play a part. There's like no, nobody's just following somebody. Yeah. Everybody has a role. It's not like the Wyatt family, which was like uh, two followers and a prophet. This is four, this is three guys who all have a role and uh, a crazy lady who is sensational. Yeah, well, I, I, you can't break these guys up. You can't do it. Maybe if you could do what should have been done a while ago, which is turn the wall. Why it's in the baby faces and then have them come up and you have them all work together against each other. That'll work. Conrad Thompson coming up in about 15, 20 minutes from now. We will hear what he had to say. If uh, you haven't already listened to it, it's been up on the website since Thursday morning on InsideSTL.com. He will preview everything with us. So quickly, before we get to predictions at the end of the show, just a quick rundown of everything that happened this week on Raw and on SmackDown. It was a uh, it was announced, or I guess the, the Raw started off with, uh, John. This is where I finally agreed with you on this. We saw Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins finally uh, pair up and decide that they were going to go for the tag team titles at SummerSlam. And this was the first time that I do agree with you that it was such a huge mistake that they have not changed Roman Reigns' music because hearing it in that moment with their with those two fists colliding, that would have been so, so cool. Yep. And I sat there just looking at it like, oh, can't do it. So there's a part of me going, I wonder if they would actually do it. No, they can't. Yeah, it was it's it hurt the moment. And that's why it's not a shield reunion. It's Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins, two solo wrestlers who have a history a while ago who are going to come out to their own music on Sunday night uh, individually, or one of them is just going to tag along with the other one's music and be the little buddy tagging along instead of what it could be. And that's unfortunate, and that's poor planning, and that was that's a decision that should have been made, what, four years ago at this point? Three years ago? Has it been that long? Mm-hmm. Man, well, Roman's going to tie Hulk Hogan, or going to be the, the second behind Hulk Hogan for most WrestleMania main events after next year, right? I so, yeah. Mm, I don't want to see that happen. That doesn't bother you at all, right? By the way, I saw, I don't know, if, I mean, have you seen any spoilers or anything for uh, SummerSlam yet? No, I told you, I've stopped, uh, I don't read message bo- any of those no- news sites or message boards. I stopped following everybody. Stop following the Wrestling Inc. people, Wade Keller, Dave Meltzer, all these guys who take great enjoyment in ruining the show. I've stopped following them. Okay, well, unfortunately for me, anytime I'm on my phone, it knows everything I look up at all times. So I usually get some sort of news about the Cardinals or some sort of spoilers on WWE. What is your Google situation that it just spits spoilers at you? I don't know, but it gives me spoilers, and I saw a potential spoiler. I'm not going to ruin it for you. I'm not going to say anything, but I did see a uh, potential spoiler for this. Uh, yeah, for this week, so or for for tomorrow night. But I don't know how it would come about. But that's all I'm going to say. If you're interested enough, you can go find people that are listening can go find spoilers for things on on the internet and I'm sure they you know you you know where to find stuff. Yeah, and don't tweet it at me. Please. I don't I don't want to know. I don't understand why people want to know either. 
What, why, why would you want to know? Do you want to know the end of your favorite TV show, uh, how the finale is going to go? We've talked why about would this you before, ruin the we? show? We've talked about this before. I watched the entire finale of Breaking Bad before seeing a single episode of Breaking Bad. Well, that was stupid. Still watched, why, why would you do that? I still watched every other episode they had of Breaking Bad. Right, but you knew the ending. I did. I did. Aaron. Yeah, I just I don't, I don't understand. And more than that, more than that, I also don't understand why uh, those who write it, how they can. I mean, how do you consider yourself a fan if your your goal is to basically ruin the show for everybody? That's what you want to do. Your job to you. You know, those guys, and there's a number of them who've had long careers in this, their job, they think, is to ruin the show for everybody. And under the guise that it's news. People and it's enjoy, not. People just like fun that, ruiners. People, you know, people see that as, okay, that, you know, that's what was reported. Let's see if it actually happens. You know, I, I saw... Potential spoilers for SummerSlam. I still want to see if it's going to happen. I haven't looked at money I, line, I haven't looked at money lines yet, but I, 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 I am still, and I won't look at money lines unless it somehow winds up in my timeline. But I, you know, I, I sit here today, and I think that Brock Lesnar will leave with the belt. I have seen probably three different outcomes with possible spoilers, none of which I've actually gone through and read the reasoning behind or how sure the person was that was posting the spoiler. I'm still pissed that I found out that Sting was coming here before the show. Yeah. Still upset about that. That That irritated me. Yeah. It was still awesome. It was still exciting. But if I hadn't known and you go to an event, it's impossible not to know. When you're standing outside waiting to go in the arena and all of a sudden there's people walking around in sting shirts. Yeah. It was impossible for it not to be known. And they were already selling a stuff, so that didn't matter. It wasn't about that, but it's like people just walking in wearing sting gear and sting paint. Somebody walks up wearing paint or gear of somebody who hasn't been around in a long time. That's usually a heads up that something might be happening. I just, it's, yeah, I, especially for big shows, I can't, I just, I, I don't want, it just ruins my viewing experience. I don't want it anymore. I don't know why anybody ever wants it. I should ask people who really get a kick out of it. Like, what do you get out of it? Well, if you're going to watch a show, pay money. You are paying money, even though it's not, what, $20, $50, $70, whatever it used to be. But you're still paying money to watch an event. Now, would you go to a baseball game that you do the finish to? There watch still, one. There are still plenty of things that happen in the WWE that make me that 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 do shock me. That do that do leave me in awe. And mm-hmm. we're not going to have time to run through everything that happened here. I you know I mistimed this hour. That's on me. But I will say I, I you know <laughs> I know we yeah we talked about what happened at the beginning of Raw. So we're just going to skip to the very end of SmackDown, and that was Baron Corbin not cashing in successfully not cashing in the money in the bank, which when he stops at the ramp 
and turns around and looks back in the ring and starts to head back, that's a moment where I immediately text you and tell you to turn on SmackDown because this is happening. You, of course, didn't. Uh, but... <laughs> no, I didn't. And I didn't pay attention to my social media, and I told you, shut up. You, you told me that as well. And I hated the fact that I... Well, first off, what did you think was happening when I was telling you that? I had no idea. Okay. Because I, uh, I had no idea what was going on in the show. Okay. It could have been anything. Your, uh, your thoughts on the execution of it? I thought it was cool. I thought it was, I thought, and I, you know, Conrad's going to talk, you know, everybody will hear from him in a little bit. I think it's great that it doesn't always work. They, they, they push it as it's a guarantee. It's a guarantee because almost everybody has done it. But I do think it's cool that it doesn't always work out. It is a surprise. And in the manner in which it was done and that it was kind of a chicken crap roll up way in which it was done. Uh, that he that he loses the case makes it even better. That it's something he can complain about makes it better. And certainly, the fact that it is off of him now means that they have a serious plan for him, and they needed to get the what can sometimes be a distraction off of him, so that that's not part of it, and he can begin. You know, he's got this match with Cena. This is a huge, huge moment for him coming up at SummerSlam. And is that the only time that he's going to face him or what's next for him? But there's something, some, there's a big plan for him coming. That's, there, yeah, you would, I mean, you'd think that he should go over Cena now at this, but again, I, I was happy with it. I mean, I was, I thought it was, uh, you know, I wasn't expecting it to, uh, to go down that way. And I, uh, I did think that, it was really cool the way they uh, the, the way that they had him actually lose it. So that was and also too. I mean, it, I don't know if that helped gender or not. Uh, no, but I don't. Anything with the money in the bank case has nothing to do with hurting or helping the guy with the belt. It's all about the guy with the case. Either way, the guy well, with the belt has. You lose the belt in that fashion. That doesn't hurt you. Guy, guy took advantage of a week in you, and you lost the belt, and that's why. Uh, and if you beat him, uh, it doesn't help you because all you did was prevent uh, a catastrophe. So everything to me, I think, is just uh, hurt. No help, no hurt. Neither way, he, neither was for gender. Okay. It's all about Baron Corbin. Well, uh, we uh, we kind of run through it all, and we will do so again with Conrad coming up in the next segment. So, e me on some timing issues with this, but uh, we're going to talk to Conrad Thompson, and then John and I will give our predictions for SummerSlam tomorrow or Sunday night, uh, starting at what? What's starting in about ten minutes, right? Uh, I, yeah, I think so. I think so. Is anybody going to be able to watch the whole show that's not there? I I actually don't believe I will be able to watch the uh, the I, I'll have to start on my phone actually because <laughs> you can't devote a whole work day's worth of time yeah. to a wrestling show yeah I unfortunately can't so I will uh, yeah I won't be able to uh, to do that so all right but we uh, yeah we will take a break we come back instead of Tanner Law's uh, Grover's Corner we'll have Conrad joining us on the Mark's Appliance phone line right here. 
on the going over SummerSlam edition of the show here on 590 The Fan and InsideSTL.com. And welcome back in to the Going Over Time, or I guess it's just Going Over Wrestling Podcast for today, as we are coming to you on 590 The Fan, 105.7 HD2FM, and InsideSTL.com. Joe Roderick and John Marisak wrapping up the two-hour SummerSlam preview edition of the radio show. Uh, we talked about the STL Legends game in the first segment, talked with Conrad Thompson in the last segment, as we uh, as we wind things down here, haven't gone over card by card, uh, match by match yet on the uh, the card yet, John. So we're going to do that right here, and we're going to try to do it in about fifteen minutes. Oh, that's like a minute a match. You better hurry. Let's go. I I, I figured that was the case. So you have the pre-show. <laughs> you have the uh, you have the two-hour pre-show followed by the main card. So, uh, starting on the pre-show, a match that I, I think this match probably got the most uh, the, the uh, tonight on NXT, and that was Neville for the Cruiserweight Championship, and that was because of Neville's presence uh, on the card. So, Neville is back in, uh, is trying to get back the title that he held for so, so long. And for the first time since Neville and Aries, and for the only time other than Neville and Aries, I am very excited to see a cruiserweight match on a pay-per-view. And I just, there's something, I mean, I guess I haven't bought into Tazawa yet and the whole Titus brand, so I, I don't know if I, where I stand with that. Did you see the Raw match? Did not get the chance to watch the entire thing, no. Go watch the raw match and then you'll feel different just go find that one match i'm sure it's on the hulu version yeah uh, i actually watched that live uh but that was good enough that's uh, that has to be on the hulu version okay. it was that good and it's important it was important so who do you have then in the match uh i have uh tozawa winning again having a crowning moment so on what happened the, uh, on SummerSlam? What would happen uh, to Neville then? Go ahead. What would happen to Neville if he loses twice for this? I, he's uh, been the best thing going on the cruiserweights. Uh, do you do you move him up to a different level or, or what? Well, no. He stay. You can just because you lose your belt or lose it twice doesn't mean that you disappear and your career's over. Okay. That division doesn't work if you only have one guy. And right now they have one guy, and they have Neville. And that's it. Uh, and with Austin Aries gone, they lost him. And they really have nobody else that's down there that I can think of. Uh, if you have Neville, and if you can have Kalisto, and if you can have Tazawa, now you've got three guys. And that's, that's a start. And, and if they can get Tazawa to where people are buy into him, I mean, everybody already buys into Neville. And Neville made that belt important. He's the first one to do it. Um, but if you can get people to buy into Neville and to Tozawa, now you've got two guys that you can build on. You know, the main roster, the rest of the guys, they, how many how many guys on the main roster right now could you see in a main event? There's four in it tomorrow on Sunday night. Right now in the cruiserweight division, you've got two and Kalisto. And the, if you can keep, if you can put Tozawa, or you got Kalisto and Neville that people believe, then you got Tozawa who people don't all know. If you can 
establish him at another level on Sunday night, now you've got three people. And maybe you get a few more people to watch 205 Live. So it's they've got to get more people involved. They've got to get more people and build up more guys to the fans. That's the a long way for me to get to that point. But, yeah, that's what they have to do, build more guys. The uh, So the uh, the other match, uh, no, the three matches on the pre-card, New Day and the Usos will once again face each other. We know it's going to be Big E and Xavier Woods against Jimmy and Jay. The way they are building uh, the Usos and the New Day rivalry, I, I don't want it to end. The way they're kind of teasing a Daniel Bryan and Usos relationship, I think that's kind of odd. But I do think New Day continues to hold the, uh, hold the titles, uh, especially with some possibly the Authors of Pain coming, coming up next. If the Authors of Pain are coming and the plan is to get them pushed to the top immediately, then yes, then the baby faces have to have the belts. Uh, how, how irrelevant are the SmackDown belts that they're on the pre-show? They should not be on the pre-show. Your tag and your intercontinental, your U.S. and your top belts, individual belt, should all be on the main show at all times. Yeah. If they're if they're defended, if they're defended, they don't always have to be defended. They don't have to, but if they're going to be, they shouldn't be on the pre-show. And like you said before, you have three of your most entertaining guys that are going to be in that match on the pre-show. Followed by another group of very entertaining guys that are going to be on the pre-show. I yeah, I I think I'll go with you. I think New Day keeps it as well. And then this one kind of thrown together last minute. It did look like Miz was going to be off the card. He's now on the card with Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel. The Miz Taraj taking on the Hardy Boys and Jason Jordan, and they're doing a good job of building up Miz versus Kurt Angle talking about the advantages that Jason Jordan's already getting. What do you do with Jason Jordan? I mean, to me, he should turn on the Hardy Boys here and join the Miz. And how do you explain that? Uh, He's already being booed. It's pretty easy. Fans aren't going to, they're not going to cheer for him. They're not going to like him. He's been positioned like a heel, but they're, they, it's like Roman. They've made him a heel, but he does baby but they have him face, uh, have him face heels. You had the, the son of the general manager, uh, with his pretentious music cannot be a baby face. <laughs> it just doesn't work that way. You can't expect fans to be like, Oh, well, good for him. No, that's, that's not how it works. Fans aren't going to be happy for him. And they're not, and they do. They, he's booed, and he's going to be booed on Sunday night. So I mean, that's what should happen. It probably won't because I think it should. But it, it, it's that would be that would be the best thing for him. But it won't. I have no idea what's going to happen. That's what I want to happen. I don't think it happens. I think you uh, you send the fans you get send the fans into the pay per view happy with the Hardy Boys getting the uh, pin and their music playing. I think that's, that's where I think you go with, uh, with that. Cesaro and uh, Sheamus defend their championships against Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins. Do the former Shield members win the tag titles from Cesaro and Sheamus? I don't know. If they, if they were to do that, what's the, what, what's the goal from there? I love Cesaro and Sheamus together. 
Now, if that means that they get another they get another month out of the, this group of four, okay, then that's fine. And I could see that because if Cesaro and Sheamus win, where do they go next? Losing the revival is a problem. That hurts. Uh, and then you've got Anderson Gallows that are kind of stuck there in limbo uh, uh, for the most part. I mean, I guess that's that that you could go against them, but uh, having Cesaro and Sheamus against Ambrose and uh, Rollins for a couple of pay per views is, is is fine with me. And the Dean and Seth thing, uh, fans are really really drawn to. It sucks on the music front, but maybe that uh, maybe something with that could change, even though it's not going to. Uh, but I think that those two guys will probably win. Ambrose and Rollins will win. Cena and Baron Corbin facing off against each other. I think we talked about this in segment one. We both have Baron Corbin getting the win and revenge on John Cena. More than likely, yes. Although, what's Cena's movie schedule? That usually determines yeah. it. Is he going to be around for a little while? Because if so, then he wins. Well, I could also see, too, Baron Corbin just going out and all out attacking John Cena and making him pay for losing the uh, for losing the briefcase and not being able to cash in. So I could, I could see that happening as well. Yeah, I like loses his mind, doesn't care that he gets DQ'd Baron Corbin. I like that. I like that part of him. The loose cannon Baron Corbin. So yeah, I could see, I, I could see them going in uh, in in that direction. Sure. So uh, by the way, it is um, yeah, it, no mercy is the next one. That's a raw pay per view. The next uh, the next pay per view. So it would be a while before. I think it would be a while before we get to uh, get to the next one. There actually is a decent break between uh, between pay per views. Really? Well, that's odd. That's that's what I'm seeing here. I'm trying to look at the schedule and see exactly what the uh, chronological order is of this, and it says that it's September twenty. No mercy, September twenty fourth in L.A. So very good. Good. Yeah. That is. That's great. That's a long time. That is fantastic. So that's uh, that's what it tells me online. Uh, so I'm just going off of uh, going off of that. Next up on the card, we can run through uh, these quickly and just give me one word uh, predictions on these next three mm-hmm. matches. Finn Balor, Bray Wyatt. Finn Balor. I'll go Bray Wyatt. Big show, big Cass. Cass. I'm also going Cass. Enzo Amore is in a shark cage above the ring for that one. Orton and Rusev. Why, I don't know, but okay. Uh, Rusev. I think I'm going to go Rusev, too. You've got to get him a win at some point, right? So that's, uh, correct. That's yeah. your Bray philosophy too, right? That's why you went with Bray over Finn. Pretty much, yeah. You, they have to <laughs> they have to win at some point. Uh, AJ Styles defending his title against Kevin Owens with Shane McMahon as the referee. AJ Styles because Shane McMahon screws Kevin Owens. I would agree with that too. Setting up a Kevin Owens Shane McMahon feud, which we have been talking about on this podcast for several several weeks now, as happening eventually. Something between Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon. Yes, and that'll be very violent if they ever have a match. Jinder Mahal with the Singh brothers against Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going to go with the women's match. Say that again. I'm going to go with the women's (laughs) match. I stopped myself because Alexa Bliss versus Sasha Banks. Alexa Bliss, the champion, defending against Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks. I want Alexa Bliss, but Sasha Banks. I think that Alexa Bliss wins. I think she cheats and finds a way to uh, to win this match and hold on, continue to hold on to the uh, to the belt. As uh, and 
I, I do think, and I'll, I'll, I, I think Ember Moon, if she does come to the main roster, she has to go to Raw. Uh, two, 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 two. You know why? Why? Oh, I guess Charlotte's over at no, the other one. No. But whatever makes Charlotte a heel, we, no. we just gotta, whatever that needs to happen, then that's what needs to happen. You know why? Ember Moon looks too much like Naomi. Uh, no. No, not at all. I. Other than both are not white. No, they don't look anything alike, and they certainly don't work anything alike. John, I'm looking at. Or do you have to have? Do you have Ember Moon debut with her move of the eclipse on Monday night on the the day of the eclipse? John, I have two pictures up of them right now, side by side. They don't look like they. They absolutely look alike. If you had the two of them stand in the ring side by side, they would not look alike. Is one bigger than the other? Yes. As Ember Moon is a significantly stronger built woman than Naomi is. They wrestle differently. One's more physical than the other. One shines or glows. The other one doesn't. The other one has green eyes. No, they're different. They're very different. I'm waiting for a pop-up ad to get off my computer, and I am going to send you the side-by-side pictures I have of these two right now. If you have headshots, that's one thing. So you stand the two next to each other, and you're not going to get confused, I promise. It's not like the the authors of Pain that I can't – or hell, you and I can't even remember which one of those revivals which – that's true. And they look nothing alike. No. <laughs> so maybe we're not the right ones to judge this in the first place. No, those those two, yeah, I just don't know which one's which as names go. That's that's where right. uh, we don't remember which one's the ball. Yeah. One's bald and the other one's not. Yeah. Where that's where I get uh, that's where the snag gets me with that. But I sent you that picture. But I do. I, I think Natalia finally wins the title. I don't know if she's ever won the title before. I don't know if she, when she's held it. I know it's been a long ass time. If she has, though, I think it would be fantastic. I, and I I'm with you know Conrad mentioned the Natalia and Charlotte thing, and you and I I even mentioned it before. Uh, I would love to see heel Charlotte. And babyface Natalia. Unfortunately, their roles are flipped right now. But I would love to see that in a legitimate, long-running feud with those two flipped. Yeah, I, I just I, I, the women's. I'm you know Bailey's injury hurts. Not having Charlotte on TV right now is going to hurt. Did you get the picture I sent you by the way? Because we don't have much time left. No. Where did you send it? I texted it to you. Did you tweet it, text it, or email it? I texted it to you. Okay, I haven't got it. Go on. I'll, I'll tell you when I get it. Keep going. Okay. Uh, the, uh, then we go with Jinder Mahal versus Shinsuke Nakamura for the WWE Championship. I think it's still too early for Shinsuke to win. I have Jinder Mahal taking this one. I think Nakamura wins. And I wonder where Bobby Roode fits into the whole thing whenever he – because Bobby Roode's coming. At some point here very soon, they don't look alike. 
it's sometime here in the next day or so, Bobby Roode's probably going to show up. Um, would it make more sense for him to go into a program with Jinder Mahal or with Shinsuke Nakamura if they want to put him in, straight into that? I'd say if, you know, if you want to put him in a title picture, go. put him against AJ Styles. The two of them worked together in NXT or in TNA several times. Yeah, you could do that. Absolutely. No, that's a very that's 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 extremely logical. I'm with you though. I would love to have Jinder keep the belt. I think that he's tremendous. I absolutely think he's tremendous. And you see him in front of a live crowd, and I don't know what he's doing about you know as far as selling tickets. But when you are in an arena and he walks in, that place explodes against him and is engaged with him all the way through whenever he's doing. Uh, so no, I don't. I I want him to still have that belt. I want him to have it for a while. If he could hold it till the Royal Rumble, that'd be fantastic. And finally, John, the uh, Fatal Four Way uh, main event for the WWE Universal Championship: Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, Samoa Joe, Braun Strowman. And it has been said uh, by Paul Heyman that if the Brock loses the title, both Brock and Paul will leave the WWE. Uh, I feel comfortable that you and I both agree that Roman Reigns is, is the least likely, yes. right? Yeah. And also needs it the least at this point. Um, most likely, Brock Lesnar. I um, would agree, yeah. I Next on the least Brock likely, Lesner. would you? Uh, I would say Braun Strowman. I would say Brock or Joe is going to walk out with the belt. I would. I would go those two as well. And I'm still waiting for Triple H and Stephanie to come back. Right. And where? Where? What is their role going to be when they do come back? Right. That's. But I, I think it would make sense for them to help Joe win. And pick that up right where it left when they left. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Depending on what Brock's situation. See, the, the one caveat thing in this whole deal, we have no idea what Brock's whole situation is yeah. over the next, what is it, eight months? Well, Between we know, now and when his contract is up yeah. and what his UFC situation is and what their status with him is going forward. We have all of that plays into this. Yeah, I. I would. I mean, we know he's going to face Bones Jones, but will he also be at Survivor Series? I'm interested in 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 Conrad's little idea of he wins on Sunday and loses Monday. When's the last time he had a Raw match? Brock. A singles match on Raw. I've, when is the last time he had one of those? I'm not sure if he has. Since he's come back this time. Right. I don't think so either. Yeah, I got to say, I don't know. So, overall, how uh, right now, how excited are you for this pay-per-view tomorrow night? I'm not very because it's just going to be a long night. And that's really the main reason is I just know it's going to be an extremely long night. And it would be helpful if I knew the order because I could decide, you know, to, to commit six hours of your life to a wrestling show is a lot of time, uh, especially when you've committed three hours the night before, and then there's a show three hours the next night and two hours the next night, and then if you really want to go all in, there's an NXT show on Wednesday. That's a lot of time, and especially on a weekend, you're looking at f- 
nine hours of time. That's ridiculous. So that's the only reason that I'm not ecstatic. I was very excited for tonight for the uh, for the NXT show on Saturday night. What uh, what you eating tomorrow night or uh, tonight? I guess. Uh, I think I'm gonna have some uh, some uh, pulled chicken. We were gonna go pulled pork, but uh, see, here's the issue with the six hour thing. We've got. Uh, the volleyball coach. Uh, my wife is the volleyball coach. She has a CYC meeting. Riley has practice. I got to go take her to practice while Stacy's at a meeting. I may have to go pick her up at practice. Uh, these are things that could have been done before the show. Uh, a regular pay per view would begin, but because of the uh, six hour nature of this show, it'll be two hours into the show. But this is going to have to happen. We got wings, we got Lena's pizza, and I'm making my United Center mac Ooh. and cheese. Oh, that's right. I forgot you got the recipe from the damn United Center. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not many people can say that they're going to have United Center mac and cheese, especially in the St. Louis area. Right. <laughs> that's fantastic. Yep. All right, John. Well, uh, we made it through two hours of previewing SummerSlam. Appreciate you spending the time doing so. And enjoy all, of, uh, all six hours of the pay-per-view on Sunday night. You too. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Everybody enjoy that. Thank you for listening, and uh, hopefully we got you ready. All right. That'll do it for us. Uh, Thank you to Giamatti for uh, getting everything on the air. For John Marisek, I'm Joe Roderick. This has been uh, Going Over the SummerSlam Preview right here at 590 The Fan and InsideSTL.com.